DW Africa Link. It's Monday the 27th of November 2023. Hello and welcome to DW's Africa Link show coming to you live from our own studios. My name is Josie Mahachi. And my name is George Okachi. This show is also live on our Facebook page DW Africa. So, coming up on our program... Sierra Leone's information minister says most behind the weekend attacks have been arrested, but falls short to say Sunday's attack was an attempted coup. We have succeeded in repelling the um, assailants who carried out these attacks, and the president is in full and complete control of our country. But is President Madabio really in full control of the country? Um, twice his security agencies have failed to pick up an attempted coup. So I think he has to do more than what he's doing. Otherwise, it seems like he's not in control of the security sector. Stay tuned. The details are coming right after the world's news in brief. DW News. Welcome to the news. My name is Jen Nyingi. On the final day of the four-day truce between Israel and Hamas, there are signs from both sides that an extension could be agreed. Israel says it remains committed to crushing Hamas, but has confirmed that it's willing to extend the truce in order to secure the return of more hostages. Here is Israeli spokesperson Elon Levy. The campaign to end Hamas and bring our hostages home will resume immediately with the end of the hostage release pause. I'm not going to speculate, obviously, about the exact operational movements. Hamas is on notice. That option for an extension is open. We want to receive another additional 50 hostages uh, beyond tonight on our way to bringing everyone home. Uh, And as soon as that framework expires, Israel will continue with full force towards those three objectives, eliminating Hamas, making sure the Gaza Strip can never be a security threat to Israel, and releasing all the hostages... The latest group of hostages released by Hamas included 14 Israels and three Thai nationals. They had been held captive in Gaza since the Islamist militants launched the attack on October 7th. For its part, Israel freed 39 more Palestinians from Israeli prisons. Meanwhile, Germany says it will provide millions of euros to help rebuild the Israeli communities destroyed by the October 7th Hamas terror attacks. German President Frank-Walter Steinmeier made the announcement during a visit to Israel Kibbutz Beeri, just a few kilometers from Gaza, which was one of those targeted. The ruins behind us, they are the silent witness of what has happened here and... Uh, It's not easy to find the words to describe what we heard from those who have the knowledge and and those who were witnessing the deeds, the murders, the killings, the rapes of the Hamas here on the 7th of October. This news is coming to you from DW in Bonn, Germany. Sierra Leone's government has lifted a nationwide curfew, declaring that it's in full control following what the president of the West African nation described as a breach of security. On Sunday, armed men attacked a military barracks in the capital Freetown and broke into several prisons, setting detainees free. President Julius Madabio says calm has been restored and that most of those behind the attack have been arrested. We have more on Sierra Leone in our Africa Link show, so stick around. And 
a Nigerian airline has apologized for a misunderstanding after passengers were told they had arrived at their destination Abuja when they had in fact landed more than 450 kilometers away in another city Asaba. United Nigeria Airlines said the flight from the main city Lagos to the federal capital Abuja had temporarily been diverted to Asaba in Delta State due to bad weather. For more news and information, head on to our website dw.com forward slash Africa. My name is Jin Nyinge. You are tuned in to DW's Africa Link program with me, Josie Mahachi. And Josie Mahachi is with me, George Okachi. A warm welcome to those of you joining us on our Facebook page, DW Africa. We encourage your comments on the stories we are covering. Let's continue in Freetown, Sierra Leone, where authorities have confirmed that 20 people, including 13 soldiers, were killed in Sunday's attack by gunmen on a military barracks and other locations. Now, Sierra Leone's Information Minister Charno Ba says Sunday's armed attacks on key installations amounted to a planned and coordinated attack on the security of the country. The government has been cautious to call the attack an attempted coup, and I've spoken to the minister and started by asking him why. Well, we have not dispelled anything. What we've said is what we know now is that there was a coordinated attack, set of attacks over the course of yesterday on major sensitive security and other uh, national um, installations across our country. Investigations are ongoing. Once we have sufficient information to be able to make a determination, we will be very categorical in that determination. But it's still a pretty evolving situation. So we're careful not to use words that we'll have to work back on. Well, Minister, in August, a number of soldiers were arrested and accused of plotting a coup against the president. Now we're seeing this happen again. Should it be a grave concern? Well, every time there is a security situation of this nature, an attack on a military installation, on our military armory, an attack on our detention facilities, that is, of course, something that should be of concern. And it's something that His Excellency, our president, takes very, very seriously. We have succeeded in repelling the assailants who carried out these attacks, and the president is in full and complete control of our country. Our security apparatus is functioning. We are increasing uh, our vigilance and the security situation across the country. And our people are going about their normal business. For example, this morning, we've lifted the coffee that we imposed earlier yesterday. And we have um, just announced a new uh, coffee that comes into effect at night. That's very, very tied to the operations that are ongoing, which are to isolate, apprehend, and bring to the full force of law those who are responsible for creating the chaos and instability that uh, we experienced in our city yesterday. Minister, you've said that the perpetrators of Sunday's attack have been apprehended. Do we have a number or, you know, the name behind those uh, arrested? We cannot divulge all of that information at this minute. What we can tell you is that a good number of those who led these illegal activities have been apprehended and they are helping the police with investigations. Some of them are still at large. But we have uh, reasonable intelligence and we, uh, our security forces feel reasonably confident that we will apprehend them within the next 24 to 48 hours and they will all be brought to, to book. Well, Minister, 
you are saying that these were coordinated and properly planned attacks on security apparatus and well-being of the nation. And this comes hot on the heels of a disputed election, Minister. Is there any correlation? We are aware that there is definitely a difference between the political process and political grievances and what is clearly illegal and security-related issues. So within our political process, we have embarked on an intentional careful process mediated by our moral guarantors and international partners, and that continues to be our fruit. So maybe some of these folks will try to take advantage of the political disagreement. But I think uh, our state is careful to make a distinction between a political disagreement and those who seek to undermine our peace and stability and wreak havoc on our, on our peaceful citizens. Charnoba is Sierra Leone's information minister and he has just been giving an update on what is currently uh, going. And now, uh, Josie, the streets of Sierra Leone's capital, Freetown, were still mostly empty mm-hmm. early on on Monday, despite the government lifting uh, the curfew imposed because of an attack on the military barracks. I could understand, obviously, people are a bit scared. And just to give us an update on what exactly is happening on the streets of Freetown and also other streets in Sierra Leone, we have our correspondent, Murtala Kamara. Murtala, good evening. And what's happening? What's going on? Murtala, can you hear us? But okay, pretty much as we we'll... wait for Mutala Josie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is a question that many have been reacting to on our Facebook page. And, and the question was more of uh, why are armies in West African countries determined to overthrow governments and uh, change constitutional order? But, but pretty much just to insist that the government uh, calls this an attack and not a coup. Yes, and Ahmed Kamano says in the military rule, there is little room for tribalism, regionalism, division, ETC. West Africa politicians have demonstrated that they can't survive without their tribes, region, dividing the country. Yeah, and we have Edmund Opari saying it is not that these soldiers are extraordinary patriots or that they have the panacea to our problems. They try these coups because they think it is time for them to also enjoy what they think the politicians are enjoying. Another reason is that they can actually get away with it, as has happened in neighboring uh, Francophone uh, countries. And I'm told that we have Mutala Kamara back online. And Mutala, if you can hear us, uh, Josie had asked, uh, how is the situation currently in Freetown and other uh, places in Sierra Leone? Well, at the moment, uh, Freetown is relatively calm and peaceful, and uh, I managed, you know, to, you know, drove around, you know, some parts, you know, of Freetown, and it's quiet. On a normal Monday, you know, like this, uh, it used to be very busy, you know, in the morning hours, you know, on a Monday morning, you know, um, busy traffic, children going to school, you know, people going to work, you know, but um, today it's relatively, you know, quiet, you know, most of the places that I visited. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the central business district, you know, most of the shops, you know, are closed, you know, but um, vehicles, you know, some of the vehicles, you know, are plying the, the, the roads, you know, but 
it's relatively you know quiet you know in Freetown at the moment. Okay, Motala, one would just wonder. I know you've also speaking to a few people there. What exactly are people saying? What are they saying about what happened yesterday and happening now? Well, it came as a complete shock to um, uh, Sierra Leoneans residents, you know, in Freetown. You know, nobody was expecting, you know, this, you know, especially at this time. We are getting to, you know, the festivity, the festive season. And uh, it happened, you know, on a weekend, you know, also. You know, people, we are outside, you know, having fun, you know, people attending events. So nobody it came as a complete shock, you know, to the city. You know, in fact, you know, after that, you know, some people, we are stranded. You know, because it, the incident started at 1 a.m. in the morning. Some people were attending events. You know, some people were outside. You know, so as daybreak, you know, government, you know, announced that there is an indefinite, you know, curfew. So people were stranded. Personally, I know people that called me. They said they were, they were stranded. Mm-hmm. It's only today that they were able, you know, to go back you know, to their houses. You know, so mm-hmm. it came as a complete shock. And what what baffles, you know, most people now is, the information, yes, there we are unrest. You know, people took up arms. We okay. had reports of, you know, an attack, you know, on the armory. You know, but people don't know, you know, what is exactly, you know, happening. So people are still, uh, uh, they are in, still in shock. Okay. You know, so people decided, you know, to stay home, you know, because they don't know, you know, what will happen next. Thank you so much, Mutala Kamara, and stay safe. We appreciate that update. Now still in the country, President of Sierra Leone says most of the leaders of weekend attacks on the nation's main military barracks and prisons had been arrested. Though the capital remained tense on Monday with many streets empty after a 24-hour curfew was relaxed to a dust on dust to dawn uh, lockdown. Yeah, that is true. And of course, information so scanty, Josie, as Mm -hmm. our correspondent also alludes. And uh, I mean, just to get uh, another view of what is happening, I've spoken to Emmanuel Abdullahi, who is a Freetown-based political commentator, and sought his views on what is happening currently. Well, I mean, yesterday I was bold enough to write a quick point, calling it a coup. Um, basically, it has all the characteristics or hallmark, you know, of an attempt to overthrow the government. Um, because if you could see um, these unknown gunmen, well, they're no longer unknown. The gunmen went to a military armory, took over the armory and took over the barracks, attacked two other military installations and uh, you know, freed over 2,000 prisoners. And when you hear things like that, it's a kind of populist message. So for me, I think it's uh, it's important for us to call it what it is. Much as some would wish to call it as it is, Emmanuel, the government still calls it an attack. But this is not the first time we are witnessing such attempts. Do you find these happenings alarming? It is, it is a worrying scenario. Firstly, I mean, before we even talk about the devastating consequences, what happened yesterday, you know, the first thing is, uh, where are the security apparatus? Where are the intelligence services? Why do we have to have the country go through this again and again? I mean, just about a year, three months ago, there was another public demonstration that nearly toppled the government. The intelligence agencies are supposed to pick that up and there's an investigation that made glaring recommendations and findings that you know, the security is um, is dysfunctional, the intelligence service is not working. So the question is really, is this going to be recurring 
And it's really quite disturbing that people wake up in the morning rather than carrying out their normal work day, they are worrying about their lives. Um, Saturday saw Freetown being a war zone with heavy artilleries and bombs being thrown all over the place. I mean, this is not what is required of a city, for capital city. Um, even when the government lifted the curfew today, the city is empty. When he shut down a whole city of nearly 2 million people, the economic consequences, the reputational damage to instability, of instability in the country, all just going to affect this country for another long time. It has been confirmed that the attack was orchestrated by active and retired soldiers. And also some people are pointing out that uh, President Bio's opponent, political opponents, could be behind it. With all this, do you think that the president is in full control of the country? President Bill is president of Sierra Leone. Um, twice his security agencies have failed to pick up an attempted coup or attempted um, insurgents that led to the August 8th to 10 situation. So I think he has to do more than what he's doing. Otherwise, it seems like he's not in control of the security sector or his security sectors or his people in the security sector are failing him because a- any strong intelligence services agency should have picked this up, you know. And we also have to note that after elections, the country has been further polarized, you know, between him and the opposition who are claiming they were robbed. And, and all of this may be contributing, but we... We have to we have to find down the rhetoric about it. Emmanuel Abdullah is a Freetown-based political commentator, and of course, giving his views on what is currently happening in Sierra Leone. Now, thank you so much for staying with us. If you are just joining us, just a reminder: this is DW's Africa Link program coming to you live from our Bond Studios here in Germany. My name is Josie Mahachi, and Josie Mahachi is with me, George Okachi. Join us on our Facebook page, DW Africa, where the show is live. And we also appreciate our listeners who are following us via our partner stations across the continent. Now, still to come, Zambia becomes sixth African country to get SpaceX Starlink satellite internet service. But some say it's not affordable for ordinary Zambians. Access to the internet should be a human right. That's access to communication. All our rights that we have can be expressed online, but we need a communication portal or platform that allows us to do that. Mm-hmm. A communication portal that allows them to do that. That story will be back shortly. But for now, latest findings suggest that insecurity was the main driver of displacement with slight variances in types of insecurity triggering displacement observed between uh, the assessed st- uh, states. This is according to a report by Rich Initiative. In the northern part of Nigeria, banditry and kidnapping for ransom remain the security challenge with over 2 million people displaced. Now, most of the flashpoints, including Sokoto State IDP camps situated in dilapidated and unsafe locations in areas where humanitarian access is restricted. IDPs are not able to receive aid, which increases their vulnerability, including food insecurity and lack of access to health. Our correspondent, Shehu Salmanu, gives us more. Over 1,000 people are living in Ranukura, a temporary IDP camp located at the peripheral site of the bustling city of Sokoto, where displaced persons were hosted after they were displaced by bandits from their first camp. 
constant attacks on the major roads to the location of IDP camps in Sokoto State hinder many efforts to help displaced people. Malama Ralia and her four kids spent five years running from one IDP camp to another. When the gunmen realized some concerned individuals and groups are helping us with the supply of blankets, food and medicines at where we were displaced, suddenly one night they attacked our camp, killed six people and redisplaced all of us again. That is why we found ourselves in this temporary camp where we are faced with the problem of food, water and even where to sleep. Lack of access to humanitarian aid submerged many displaced persons in different IDP camps into hardship. Hadiza Sani expressed her complaint over the shortage of food and shelter in their camp. My husband was killed by bandit. I was left with five children. We spent about a year in this camp, sleeping in an open field. I have nothing left. Our major problem is what to eat. The challenges of access to IDP camps made authorities in Sokoto to plan for IDP's relocation to a safe location. Nasur Garba is head of emergency management agency. With the collaboration of NGOs in the state, we are planning to relocate everyone in the camp because we have the data of all the people living in this camp. Some donor agencies and pressure groups are also threatening to call for protests if government fails to respond to the situation in IDP camps. Academic staff union of universities promised to use its power to mount pressure on the government to do the needful. Shehu Salman with that report. We now head to Zambia where analysts say the launch of Starlink in Zambia could bridge the digital divide and enable millions of Zambians access to fast speed internet. And for more details, here is Cathy Short. Starlink is well suited for rural and remote areas where traditional internet infrastructure is often lacking across the African continent. According to the World Bank report on accelerating the digital divide of 2020, Only 44% of Zambians have access to the internet and those who do often face high costs, unreliable and slow speeds. Starlink's website shows that for Zambian users, the hardware will cost about $500 once of installation, while the subscription fee is $36 per month. Marius Van Puren is the country manager for Paretas Zambia, the sole resellers of Starlink business package. Overall, Starlink is a double-edged sword, very positive for the economy of Zambia, for the way we're going to work going forward. But on the downside, it is going to cause, in the interim, quite some ramifications for current ISPs. Starlink will cause some of the smaller broadband internet service providers to close their doors. Internet access in Zambia is a challenge for many people as traditional internet service providers have struggled to reach remote locations, leaving many communities disconnected from the digital world. Starlink uses a network of low-Earth orbit satellites to provide high-speed broadband, primarily targeting remote and rural areas lacking reliable connectivity. Sandy Chimpala is the chief executive officer of Tech Trends Zambia, a technology blog focusing on Zambia. She's happy with Starlink coming on board, but says it's not affordable for ordinary Zambians. Access to the internet should be a human right. That's access to communication. That's access to all the things. Like all our rights that we have can be expressed online, but we need a communication portal or platform that 
allows us to do that. My freedom of expression should be the same offline and online. My freedom against being harassed should be the same online and offline. But if I'm not online because of bad connectivity, then I think I have my human rights suppressed that way. And Kasali Musenge is the Director of Compliance and Standards at Smart Zambia Institute, a government division under the Office of the President, mandated to coordinate and implement electronic governance. Musenge says government used to spend a lot of money on accessing internet services from traditional internet service providers. Now we have this internet provision centralized. So Starlink came in as an extra tool, a new technology, that we could use to reach far-flung and remote areas where commercial internet uh, providers may have challenges to to reach. So for us, it's very exciting uh, because we have sectors like education and agriculture and health, which require use of technology even in the most remotest of areas. In 2023, Starlink launched in Nigeria, Kenya, Mozambique, Rwanda, and Malawi. It is also scheduled to go live in Angola and Eswatini before the end of the year. As Zambian President Hagainde Yichilema said recently, access to technology and information is no longer a luxury for Africa. Yes, but a necessity. Thank you so much, Kathy Short, for that report. And to round up the day, we are taking a step into the world of showbiz and some spot. A lot has is always rather happened through the weekend. Yes, Josie, and there is no one better to fill us in other than our very own Crispine Mwakideu. Thanks, George and Josie. Let's start with the king of rumba, Fali Ipupa, a Congolese singer-songwriter and dancer. He made the waves over the weekend after he completely sold out the 40,000-capacity Paris La Defense Arena in Paris, France. The Congolese singer completely shut down the iconic Paris La Defense Arena in France with one show. Reports also say that his next concert at the OVO Arena in London on the 8th of December is already sold out. And now to West Africa in Ghana. The king of the Shatta movement, SM fanbase Shatawale, thrilled fans with an electrifying performance at the 11th Guinness Ghana DJ Awards. As billed, Shatawale delivered more than anticipated. The presence of the Melissa hitmaker on the stage changed the atmosphere as fans danced and sang along to every song he performed. Still in Ghana, reggae dancehall artist Ras Kuku boldly proclaimed Daddy Lumba as the foremost artist in Ghana. The declaration came in response to the Power 97.9 FM's host inquiry about the country's most significant musician. And now to some gist in the world of Diamond and Zari. Zari Hassan, who shares children with Diamond Platinums, pleasantly surprised everyone by hosting Zuchu, Diamond's current girlfriend at her South African home. The unexpected and seemingly harmonious gathering comes hot on the heels of Diamond's extravagant surprise birthday bash for Zuchu. Zari gave us a glimpse of the unexpected gathering through an Instagram video featuring her current husband Shakib and Diamond in what she described as a blended family moment. Let's wait and see how this unfolds in the near future. Africa Link. Sport. Let's now find out what's up in the world of sport. Harry Kane backed his 18th goal of the Bundesliga campaign as Bayern Munich beat Cologne 1-0 on Friday, sending the champions provisionally top of the table and setting yet another career record in the process. 
with five assists thrown in. Kane has needed just 46 minutes per direct goal involvement in the German top flight, and he has already overtaken any Englishman to go before him in the Bundesliga for goals in a single season. Spanish football manager of the Premier League club Aston Villa, Unai Emery, has played down reports suggesting Douglas Luiz could be leaving Aston Villa for Arsenal in January. The Gunners have previously targeted the Brazil midfielder, who has scored six goals and added three assists this season. But after Villa's 2-1 win at Tottenham on Sunday, Emery said Douglas is playing very good. He's improved a lot and his commitment is amazing. And finally, another transfer update is on Donny van der Beek, who has revealed his desire to make a January move away from Manchester United. The 26-year-old has played just 21 minutes of action for Eric Ten Hag's side this season, appearances off the bench against Crystal Palace in the Premier League and Newcastle in the Carabao Cup. Van de Beek, who was on the bench for Man United's 3-0 win over Everton, also revealed he was close to joining Real Sociedad in the summer, but talks broke down at the last minute. And that's it for now. Back to you, George and Josie in Studio One. Thanks a lot, Crispin Mwakideu from Studio 2 or Studio <laughs> <So> B. <laughs> Much appreciated. Okay, now some comments on Falipupa. Hey, it was it was electrifying in that, in that uh, stadium, George. I was mm. watching some uh, clips. Chats Africa wrote on X, formerly Twitter, congratulations, Falipupa, on selling out the 40,000 capacity Paris La Defense Arena. It is the largest indoor performance venue in Europe. And Malela Jackson wrote that Fali Ipupa is the reincarnation of Michael Jackson. Go uh, Fali Ipupa. Uh, now, Josie, you've been following the entertainment industry for mm. a very long time. When you hear an artist has sold out tickets, is it always the happiness in terms of the money that they will receive or the amount of you know fans who are turning out to... It's just, for me, I feel like people like Fali Ipupa, they have money already. Yeah. But it's just that thing to see that also people still want to see me for 40,000 people still want to actually watch me and and attend my concert. I think it's just that joy. Not, not, of course, money. Yeah. <laughs> See the way you're looking at me. <laughs> no, I'm, course, I'm following. I asked you a question. Anyway, I'm anyway, tell us what you think on our Facebook page, DW Africa. Unfortunately, this is all what we had time for today. My name is Josie Mahachi. And I'm George Okachi. Many thanks for listening. DW. Made for minds.